Hey there, this is episode 12 of the Balance Fi podcast, How to Create a Budget, Financial Security Step 6. Welcome to the Balance Fi podcast, where we talk about balancing intentional debt payoff, saving money, and actually living your life. I'm your host, Raylia, small business owner, wife, girl mom, nonprofit co-founder, and money nerd. This is an audio version of the Balanced Five blog, because I know how hard it is to find time to sit down and read literally anything. Instead, you can get quick bits of money knowledge on the go. I want to help you learn to control your money instead of letting your money control you. Let's get started. Today we're talking about how to create a budget and I know that it probably seems pretty boring and maybe like something that's just so easy that you don't need to do it, but trust me, you do. Uh, You can ease into budgeting, but you are going to want to create a budget and follow it as you progress on your financial journey. It's going to keep you accountable and help you make better decisions down the road. So if you've been following the financial security steps, back in step one, you started tracking your expenses. The steps since then have been gathering financial information used to create a budget. Your mini emergency fund will help protect you against most unforeseen problems, and your retirement contributions are automated now. You now know how much to set aside for monthly and annual recurring expenses. Calculating your net worth gave you a starting point for your financial journey and helped you lay out your debt payoff plan. All of that information is going to be useful for this step. But first, why don't you already have a budget? I asked my husband that question, and his response felt perfect to me. People are afraid to see how bad their finances really are. Honestly, I know we were when we started this journey. My mental math said that we had about $10,000 in credit card debt. Sitting down and putting the information together showed that it was actually $18,000. Stocking up on supplies at the beginning of COVID and plane tickets for a vacation flight we never got to take ballooned that up to $20,000 by February 2020. That was a stressful and embarrassing time for me. (laughs) I have a master's degree in accounting. I handle our money. I am qualified to do this. And yet we were still in this situation for two reasons. And there's my cat in the background. Number one, we had not been intentional with our money for years. And two, we were both living in denial of the situation. We were fine with that. Until the whole global pandemic thing, uh, because we were able to pay the bills, so we didn't really think about bigger picture. I would like to blame the medical costs and the upheaval of having a child with special needs, but honestly, it started long before we had kids, even. We were just living, but not planning ahead. Luckily, we had already automated retirement savings, so we did have that started, but we didn't really pay attention to our finances beyond retirement saving. My point with all of that is, I get it. I know how hard it is and how 
how hard it is to get out of debt, but also how easy it is to get into debt. I've done it. I'm still getting out of debt. Know that you can change your behaviors and habits, but it will take intentionality and focus. You need to figure out why you're struggling with money and then work to make those changes. So if you go to the show notes for this episode, there will be a link to a budget planner. Uh, We're going to go over how to use that planner specifically and then some basic tips for creating a budget. Uh, If you are interested in a more in-depth dive into how to make a budget and different ways to do that, I am... Um, collecting emails for a wait list for my new program, the Easy Budget Builder. Uh, it's going to focus on the easiest way to make a budget that you can actually stick to and that is, you know, practical for your life. It's real world advice following the steps that I've taken in my own life. Uh, so y- you can join the wait list now and then when you uh, get an email down the road, that means that the co- the course doors have opened and you can actually sign up for that course at that point. Anyway, how to use the free budget planner that is linked in the show notes. Step one, create a starter budget based on average spending over the last three months. So you've already tracked your last three months of spending if you have been following the financial security steps. So you're just going to use those numbers again. Step two, make adjustments to get a final budget. One where your income less expenses is zero or any extra income goes to either debt payoff or a mini emergency fund. Expenses should not be higher than your income. Step three, use the monthly budget on page two to create a budget each month after that. Tweak the numbers as needed for your life and your goals. Step four, Refer to the category suggestions to make sure that you're budgeting for everything you spend money on. Literally everything. Step five, use your preferred budgeting app, an Excel sheet or paper and pen to track your monthly purchases and compare that to your budget. So we're going to go through like actionable steps now. So hang in there. I know budgeting can seem really boring or overwhelming, but it seriously makes a huge difference in your financial life when you start budgeting regularly. First, you're going to gather information to actually create that budget. The overwhelm you feel when you're first starting to budget is why I had you gather so much information before you even started this process. Proper preparation will make it easier to fill out the budget planner. Um, You need to also account for retirement savings. So when you're creating a budget, you list your income and subtract expenses from that amount. Make sure to take your retirement contributions into account also. If you are contributing to an employer-sponsored plan, your retirement contribution and possibly your health insurance premiums, if you're lucky, are withheld from your paychecks. You don't actually see that amount in your bank account. You just receive a smaller paycheck. If you are contributing to a private retirement account, you need to list that amount on your budget because it doesn't automatically come out of your paycheck. Do the same if you're actually paying for health insurance out of pocket instead of having it withheld from your checks. 
So you're going to want to make sure to have those two expenses covered at the beginning of your budgeting process. Next, average the transactions that you've already tracked. So in step one, track your expenses. You decided what categories are meaningful to you and what should be tracked. Some people want to know exactly how, they, how much they spend on water, sewer, and power, while others are happy to see the total utilities amount. So you can either have three categories or you can have one. Choosing categories that work with your personality will reduce the stress you feel over budgeting or tracking expenses and make it more likely that you actually do the task each month. Look at the totals of each category from the last three months, and this is your starting point for budgeting. Put the average of the three months in the budget planner's starter budget column. Don't worry about comparing expenses to your income or whether these amounts are reasonable. You're going to adjust your budget soon. All of your recurring expenses should go under the bills category. These should be paid from your bills checking account. This includes rent or mortgage, utilities, internet, auto registration, and more. Uh, and that feeds into your next step. Make sure to include your recurring expenses. In financial security step three, you calculated the per paycheck cost of your recurring monthly and annual expenses. You will include those numbers in your budget now. Make sure that you don't double budget though once for the expense and then once for the transfers to your bills account. So when you create your budget, you want to budget for those bills. And then when you record your transactions, you know, in your budgeting software, on your spreadsheet, whatever, you're not going to record those transfers from your main checking account to your bills checking account, plus record the actual expense of paying the bills. Uh, I usually just ignore the transfers so that uh, it doesn't look like you have double expenses because you have the transfer and then the bill payment. Um, all you need to do is multiply the total bills per check amount from step three times the number of paychecks in the month. So you need to obviously look at how many times you will be paid that month and then do a little math. And put this in the bills section of the budget. Keep your Save for Recurring Expenses worksheet that you filled out in step three with your budget. And this will make it easier to evaluate whether you need to cut back on recurring expenses, um, assuming you need to cut something back. But since you're listening to this podcast, you probably do need to cut something out of your budget. Uh, next, budget for minimum debt payments. If you have extra money left over after everything is budgeted, you should add it to the extra debt payment line, assuming that you have already established your mini emergency fund. So just to be clear, you want to set up your mini emergency fund. Um, there is a podcast episode on that as well. And then after that is established, then you can focus on your debt payoff. I want you to start with budgeting just the minimum for your debt payments. It's listed on your debt payoff planner. Uh, to get a real feel for how much these burdens are impacting you financially. So when you're setting up your budget, your debt category will only be the minimum payments. And then if you have extra money left over, that's when you put that towards extra debt payments. Paying only the minimum will drag out the payoff process for your credit cards. So you do need to work toward paying extra on your focused debt. 
However, it's not always possible to pay the same amount extra each month. It's easiest to have a base budget consisting of the minimum payments and then you can adjust each month when you have a better idea of how much you have left over. Now calculate. Add up your income, add up your expenses, and then subtract the expenses from the income. If the difference is a positive number, that means you have extra money. Yay! Put that amount in the extra debt payment line right now. If and when you are debt-free, this money can go toward building a larger emergency fund, saving for other large purchases or retirement investments. If the budget is negative, you need to complete the final budget section of the budget planner. And this is where you will work on cutting back expenses to balance your budget. It's simple to say that your expenses should be less than your income, but it's definitely not simple to get to that point in real life. You might have to ruthlessly cut quote-unquote luxuries or find ways to generate extra income to make this happen. So making reasonable adjustments. If your expenses are greater than your income, there's obviously work to do. Cutting one category by 50% is likely going to be too hard to do all at once. You cannot easily go from spending $700 on dining out each month to spending only $350 in the next month. Trying to do so during the first month of budgeting will probably just discourage you and you'll end up stopping. You won't want to budget because it is too hard. Successful long-term budgeting isn't going to happen by making huge changes on paper. You have to make those changes in real life too. Create a budget that reflects today and then make small changes that you can live with. Once those changes are comfortable and you're used to them, cut back more as needed. If you're spending that $700 on eating out, try cutting that amount by $100 each month until you get to a number that balances your budget or, even better, allows for extra debt payments. A slow decrease method worked for my latte habit, for sure. Another option to cut back on spending is a freeze. So that's a no spending in that category for a certain time. You can use my 30-day challenge tracker. It's linked in the show notes. It's a free download. To stay motivated for a 30-day spending freeze or a 30-day no-eating-out challenge. This method worked for my family to drastically reduce the amount we spend on eating out. I think it worked because it forced us to meal plan and actually follow that plan, but it was fun to do that because we had a challenge and a goal, you know, on paper in our faces. Overall, you just need to remember to be honest with yourself. You need to make changes, but you also need to be reasonable with your abilities. Push yourself, but don't break your will. Next, create a monthly budget. After refining your base budget, use it as a starter for your monthly budgets. You'll likely have to make changes each month because life happens, but this is a good place to start. The gifts, eating out, and groceries categories can be changed based on your social calendar. Your auto insurance may increase and your electrical bill will vary unless you sign up for budget billing, which I recommend. Category suggestions for your budget. 
first up is bills. You've already figured out how much to set aside for monthly bills, but still include this figure in your budget because it comes out of your income. This will give you a better idea of how much you have left to cover debt payoff, food, and everything else. Make sure to include any insurance premiums you pay out of pocket too. If you have a mortgage, your homeowner's insurance is likely included in the monthly payments as part of the escrow, but renter's insurance should also be a monthly bill. I also recommend life insurance for anyone with a family and disability insurance if you have less than six months expenses saved up. Debt. So on the debt line, you need to budget for the minimum payments. Include your mortgage in the bills category, not debt, because you're not focusing on paying off the mortgage just yet. It is such a huge amount for most people that it makes sense to pay off the smaller debts first, save up for your emergencies and retirement, and then pay off the mortgage. Again, if you have extra money left in the budget, put that in the extra debt payment line, unless you don't already have the mini emergency fund set up. That should be your first priority, and then you focus on debt payoff. Next up is food. Budget for groceries and dining out. If alcohol or coffee shop, excuse me, coffee shops are a problem for you, consider separate budget lines for them. It's easier to control your spending when you're fully informed. So this is actually something that I did when I first started budgeting. I made a line for coffee. I am a stay-at-home mom who is often on the go taking my kiddos to different therapies and appointments and I needed the caffeine. I still need it but I'm making coffee at home now. So I was spending way too much on drive through coffee shops. Uh, so we set up a budget for coffee and I challenged myself to spend less than that amount even though I could spend up to you know $25 per month. I would really tried not to spend even that much. Now uh, I'm spending, I don't know, probably ten to fifteen dollars a month on coffee, but it's coming out of my fun money budget, and I'm only stopping three to four times a month. If you need some guidance in the food category, the USDA provides monthly cost of food reports. Uh, in the blog post, you can see an excerpt of the 2020 uh, November table. In It's just a, a screenshot of that, but it does give you a good idea of how much you should be spending, according to the USDA, on groceries, uh, food at home, for a family of your size. And they have different spending levels, too. So using this table... My family of four, with a one-year-old and a five-year-old at the time I wrote this, should spend $529.60 a month on the thrifty plan, so that's the cheapest one, or $1,030.80 a month on the liberal plan, which is the most expensive. We budget $700 just for food, diapers, etc. are considered household items for us, so we're in the lower end of that range. Challenge yourself to move toward the thrifty plan amount while still maintaining good nutrition because that's what's really important here. Next up are household items. So we like to split household items from groceries in our budget, but they're all usually purchased at the same type of store. 
Diapers, baby wipes, cleaning supplies, and paper products are included in this category. I used to lump them in with groceries, but they were skewing that budget and I wanted to really get a handle on our grocery budget spending. We don't buy diapers or toilet paper consistently every month or the same number of times each month. So we would go over the grocery limit if we happened to need both in the same month and we still needed food. Uh, I also include shampoo, soap, and similar items in this category. If you have a makeup or hair product obsession, you might want to consider a separate category for those items just to get a handle on that spending. Uh, it's going to be more impactful if you look at your budget and realize that you spent $300 on makeup this month. If that's not something you can afford and have budgeted for, it's time to reevaluate. So next is vehicle expenses. Unless you don't have a car, you need to make sure to budget for gas or diesel and whatever fuel you need, as well as routine maintenance. We budget $300 for gas and $50 for maintenance each month. If we don't have an oil change or wiper replacement that month, the $50 budget rolls over to the next month. In every dollar, uh, the budgeting app from Dave Ramsey, these are called sinking funds. While we're in debt payoff mode, any large repairs come from our mini emergency fund because the sinking funds just aren't enough to cover larger repairs. You have also included your annual license renewals or registrations in the bills category, so you don't need to worry about them in your regular budget. Fun money. So this category is optional, but it is very helpful for staying on track with your bigger goals. In my house, we plan for $40 each time my husband gets paid, which is every two weeks. Before COVID, I would get cash from the ATM every payday. And now we have set up online checking accounts for each of us. So individual fund money at checking accounts. And I have automatic transfers set up from our main checking account to those accounts. We both use debit cards from those accounts to spend our fund money. I usually save most of my money for larger unnecessary purchases. The last thing I bought was an Apple Watch, and I spend some on lattes or snacks when I'm transporting kids. My husband spends his on food at work when he forgets to pack a lunch, and he is saving up for some ridiculously priced binoculars with a rangefinder feature. He's super stoked about them, but we both agreed that they are not you know, within our regular budget, and he needs to save up his money for them. So this method works well for us because it allows us to have some indulgences while still sticking to our overall budget. We each spend our money how we want and we can still pay off our debt. The rule is that we don't judge or question what the other person has spent their money on. Like Obviously, I think it's silly to spend thousands of dollars on a pair of binoculars that you're going to use a couple times per year when you're hunting. But my husband loves to hunt. He loves being outdoors like that. So it's important to him. He can spend his fun money how he wants, but it's just not uh, fitting with our larger family goals to take that money out of the family budget.
Medical costs are something else you need to worry about. And this category can include health insurance premiums, unless they're already withheld from your paycheck, deductibles, uh, prescriptions, co-pays, and co-insurance. Medical costs are very personalized, so I can't advise you how much to budget. You should look at your previous spending to get a feel of where to start. You can use your mini emergency fund for large unexpected medical costs. An emergency room visit counts, but your monthly chiropractic appointment is not an emergency and you should budget for that. Clothing, personal care, gym, or workout apps, etc. So these are all separate categories for us, but they could be grouped together if you'd like. Personal care covers haircuts and massages mostly in my house. The budgets are pretty loose and I often move funds between the two or the miscellaneous category depending on the month. It's hard to predict when the kids will grow and need new clothes or if my tight muscles will need a massage that month. Flexibility is important to staying committed to a budget too. If you have a gym membership or subscribe to some kind of workout app on your phone, include that in the budget. Be honest with yourself though. Are you getting your money's worth? Either cut the gym or schedule time to start going, but don't just throw that money away. Pets. We have a separate category for pet food, litter, and supplements. This also covers vet visits, which have become more frequent as our dogs got older. Any major expenses, such as a surgery or imaging, would come from our mini emergency fund. Uh, So if you've followed the blog for very long at all. You'll know that we lost our 11-year-old lab, Hallie, in February. Uh, She underwent a lot of testing and a pretty major surgery because she had stomach cancer and none of it ended up working. A lot of the medical expenses for Hallie came from our mini emergency fund, but we didn't have enough saved and we ended up taking out more debt and we got a care credit card to cover the cost of her expensive surgery. Um, It's a bummer that it didn't work, but it was super important to us that we try to save her and do everything we could. So the moral of the story is plan ahead, budget for this, save for emergencies, but know that it's not the end of the world if something big happens and you have to prioritize a family member, including a pet, over your debt freedom ideals. Next up is entertainment and babysitting. Pre-COVID, we planned for monthly date nights. It is hard to find someone qualified and willing to care for our oldest daughter, so we usually didn't even manage a monthly date. Now, our dates involve watching a movie together after the kids are in bed. If it's safe and feasible for you, definitely budget for a babysitter so that the extra cost doesn't sneak up on you and ruin a night out. We also had a category for bullying. My husband, um, pre-COVID, was in a weekly bowling league, so it's easier for me doing the budgeting to just plan on that amount in a separate category. And finally, miscellaneous. I put $50 a month in this category. It's to cover anything I didn't plan on. Usually, I move the budgeted funds to the category of the expense. For example, we move it to the pet expenses category if we had an unexpected vet visit. 
it's nice to have a little buffer because we all know life doesn't go according to plan. And that is it. Budgeting can be stressful and boring, especially at first. As you become more comfortable with your financial situation, it gets easier. One day it might even be fun because you'll feel in control and confident. A budget is a way for you to control your money instead of letting your money control you. In summary, a budget is a powerful tool that gives you permission to spend. It doesn't restrict you. It guides you. So what should you do next? Start making your budget, of course. (laughs) Download the free budget planner linked in the show notes. Print it out and start filling it in as you listen to this podcast episode. Even better, you can enroll in the Easy Budget Builder course. It's a new course that I'm working on that walks you through creating a budget step-by-step in the easiest way possible. Budgeting doesn't have to be complex or overwhelming, but it so often is. This course makes the process simple and straightforward. It's not based on one software program, spreadsheet, or app, so you can apply the principles to your favorite budget tracking method. Join the waitlist today so that you'll be notified when the course goes live. It will be a pretty short program, so it'll be easy to implement the steps outlined. I don't want you to feel overwhelmed or out of your depth. Budgeting can be simple and easy. Just go to balancedfi.com slash ebb dash waitlist. EBB stands for Easy Budget Builder and sign up for the waitlist. You'll be notified when the course opens and the waitlist is free to join. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoy the Balance Fi podcast, I'd be so grateful if you left us a review on iTunes or told a friend. As always, you can head to balancedfi.com to connect with me and stay in touch. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter at balancedfi. Until next time, stay intentional and look for balance.